0: Hey, everybody, I am Kamara Mikhail, and welcome to Conversations with Kamara, the podcast. Thank you all for joining me today. I know I had said before that I'm not going to be gone that long, and the next time is just unless something important happened. Well, I realized about three weeks ago it had been so, so long till, um, since I had been in the studio with my producer, Kelly. So I got in touch with him and uh, made my way here to St. Petersburg, Florida to his uh, studio so I could do another episode or two. So anyways, today's episode is called Chapter 55, Preacher one who urges acceptance or abandonment of an idea or course of action. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph like I normally do, and then just get started and go from there. So it says, this is out of my book, Kept My Enemy Closer, The True Story of My 14-Year Battle with Depression. So anyways, this is the first paragraph. This is the only paragraph I'm going to read. It says, in July of summer 2017, I got an inbox from one of my friends, uh, Sarah Renee's brother, Christopher I was surprised. He and I had barely held a conversation. I just remember him singing karaoke in an event that they had, and I'm sorry, that he had and him and his sister sponsored. I believe it was an Al Green song that he sang. Whatever song it was, he sang it and he sang it well. I had never thought of him prior. He was just this dude who Morgan mentioned sparingly over the years. On that particular night, he was dressed in 70s attire, afro and all, I complimented his performance. So I was uh, at this event. I was really lonely. I had uh, already left my uh, second marriage, and literally I have a codependency problem. So when I said something to him flirtatious, I knew I was opening up a door. But little did I know that his sister, when I talked to her, She was like, oh, no, you know, I don't want you to see him. She's like, I love my brother, but he's just not right for you. And, you know, I thought about it, and I really didn't give it that much thought, though. I was like, you know what? I can just get with him. We're just going to hang out and have a good time, no pressure, nothing. Well, when um, I I told her, I was like, but he can't be that bad. And she was like, she's at Kamara. She said, me and my brother, we're close she said, but really, he is that bad. By the time that relationship, I think it was probably about, we'd gone out like twice. And I remember being at his house, and he was like, a, he was like, well, he goes, uh, well, you see where I live now. He goes, when can I expect to see you? And I was like, oh, you know, whenever you want to see me, it's fine. And then he's like, no, really. He goes, I want you to tell me, like, what days of the week do you want to see me? So I was a little taken aback. I was like, well, whenever you want to see me, we can see each other. And then he goes, wow. I said, what about, you know, a couple days a week? And he was like, a couple, that's two. I'm like, yeah. He goes, no, I want to see you more than that. So I was like, okay, um, I guess maybe, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays or something. And he was like, no. So he's like, well, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, okay. So he told me to come in his dining room, me and my dunce self, I went in the dining room and he already had a house key made. He had the uh, uh, gate keyed code and he, uh, co- um, code, I'm sorry. And then he had the, uh, the card that I could, you know, scan. And I was just like, man, we've only had like two dates and that's a lot. But me and my codependent self knew that I did not want to be alone and literally, I moved in with him after the second date, but it was really after the first date because um, yeah, after the first date because the first time we went out, we just hung out. We went to Top Golf. He's golfing, I'm talking. And what I've learned, you know, over the years um, that you know has been uh, brought up to me is that you never, if you're going to date somebody, you never tell them your past story. So he didn't need to hear my woes, but I was just, like, talking and, you know, just telling him, like, man, you know, this is what uh, Kyle did, and I'm not going to be with anybody like that again, and just going back and forth. So that first time we were together, he was really listening and hearing me out, but it was, like, to his benefit because he knew the predicament, the mental uh, state that I was in. I was lonely So he might have been lonely, too. And I remember, uh, well, um, during me and his relationship, we were together like twice. So uh, like two two different relationships. So the first relationship really started then. I think that was like July 29th of 2017, because I had uh, I remember. I remember it was after I was still in the house with Kyle, who was my second husband, but I literally was going out. I wasn't, I was so hurt by him. It's like, I really, I just didn't care. Um, I, I just didn't, I didn't care that I was still married. I knew I'd leave the you know relationship, but uh, I didn't expect to leave it to leave. I'm sorry. I can't talk to leave that fast. So anyways, um, like I said, I, I get with uh, Christopher. I'm at his house. He gives me all these keys and stuff. I'm like, well, Okay. So I'll move in with him. Uh, the day that I moved in, I'm trying to think of what happened, but it showed me a little bit of his disposition and his temper. So I had the rockiest relationship with him. He was uh, loud and he was mean and he, uh, he was just very demeaning and degrading. And I think what was surprising to, what was so surprising to me with him was because he was a preacher. He was a pastor. He was a pastor at a church and his, his attitude that night. Oh, I know what it was. Um, a friend of mine, when I mentioned Morgan, she was a friend of mine. Um, and she had mentioned him before, but my fault that I even got in touch with him. Well, he got in touch with me and I just kind of, you know, took the bait and ran, but it was wrong of me. I talked about it months ago in, um, One of the chapters, it was called Shower Anyone. And I was talking about me destroying Kyle's clothes and soaking them and bleaching them and just all that hatred that I felt for him. And so um, when this preacher, Christopher, uh, got with me, I believe that he was thinking that I was perfect. And I don't mean that, like I said, in a TikTok video, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean that in the way of all he knew was, you know, having heard of me before, I have had heard of him back when we were teenagers. I didn't remember what he looked like. I had no clue. I just knew that his the last name that he had was very familiar uh, in the Tampa Bay area because he grew up, him and his brother, they both uh, grew up being preachers when they were teenagers. So I think over the decades, you know, he knew I was friends with his sister somewhat. He knew that, um, you know, at one time I'd run a business and like I said, in a TikTok video, I had a nice car back in the day. And I think he allowed all of that to think that I was this some perfect being who was gonna, you know, complete his life. And in the video, TikTok video, I'm like, don't ever let someone's fantasy of you, um, like B that that was heavy on my shoulders because I took it on, but that was not that was my, not my responsibility to tell him that I wasn't perfect because nobody is perfect. So whatever he was thinking that he had conjured up in his mind, that was on him. So I remember telling his sister, I thought that his sister knew that he had hung around and slept with Morgan like literally over three decades. That he was, she was his backup through uh throughout his three marriages. When things would get bad, he'd go to um he'd go to Morgan. And um, but Morgan, I don't know if if he thought he if he thought she was his best kept secret because nobody would ever picture them together. She was beautiful, but she was uh she was obese. And I believe that he Uh, would sleep with her in hard times because she was readily available. She was always going to, you know, put up with them and sleep with them, but they didn't have a relationship. The only relationship they had was physical. So, yes, she had mentioned him sparingly over the years. Um, And when I got with him, I I remember telling his sister, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask him why him and Morgan had never really become a couple. And his sister was like, she didn't know that he had been sleeping with Morgan because Morgan was actually his sister-in-law. So his sister, Sarah Renee, didn't know that he and Morgan had been sleeping together for 32 years, 32 years through three um, marriages that he had. And I remember I told um, Sarah Renee, and she was like, she was quiet. She goes, what? And I was like, they've been, you know, Morgan said they've been, you know, a thing, a hot item when his marriages go bad for 30 years. She literally, she was, she was like, Oh my God. She didn't, she didn't know because who would know that somebody is sleeping with their in-law. So anyways, I remember, and I thought about it and I was telling his sister, I said, I think because she's obese, maybe she is his secret because how could you not know if, if you and him are so close as siblings, so I got a, a whiff of his, um, of his temper when I asked him. I was like, I'm going to ask you a question. I said, and I just want to ask you to just be honest. And I could tell he was being, you know, he was offended. And I probably would have been offended if somebody said that to me, too. I was just really trying to see what kind of person he really is. So I asked him, I said, um, I said, Christopher, I said, uh, why were you and Morgan never really like a couple And his eyes stretched, his eyes got so big, he goes, and his attitude kicked in. He goes, it's because, I said, is it because of, you know, her weight? He goes, no, it is, it's not because of her weight. And he was screaming, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. And he was like, it's because of her character. And I'm thinking, her character? So literally, he didn't, he was yelling, but he wasn't yelling like, At me, I think he was just so upset and so being found out that this was the kind of person he was. But then I always say, what does that say about me? Because she and I were friends, you know, for like the past, maybe we got in touch with each other, maybe three years before. And I believe that I literally was just like, you know what? She's not married to him. Nobody knows that they've been an item secretly you know when when they sleep together and i was like you know what even with his horrible attitude and his temper i remember him uh, we were in his townhouse and he just like stomped up the stairs and i was sitting there going what the crap so then i was like thinking to myself you know what i'm just going to have to tell him thank you for the dates we had but i'm just going to have to move along so literally like i said he stormed up the stairs so i gave him a minute and then i thought about like this is crazy so I went upstairs and I was like, um, he was just sitting there and I was like, hey, uh, and I have to think of what I named him in the book, uh, Christopher. I was like, hey, Christopher, I said, like, I really, you know, appreciate our dates. I had such a good time, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go and, you know, you you take care. And he was still pissy mad, but he was like, no. I just kind of looked at him, and I was like, huh? He goes, no. He goes, we just have to work through things. He was like, so I don't want you leaving, and, and you're just not going anywhere. But he wasn't trying to physically hold me back. He was just like, like in a sense, like, why am I leaving when, you know, he he thinks we, we we would be a great couple. So stupid me, I'm like, well, okay, and thinking, well, you know, we can just talk to, through things, and when I tell you as of that time, that was the most degrading and most horrendous and most volatile relationship that i had ever been in to that point in my life and that's what happens when you're codependent and you are lonely and you you just literally are out of desperation And even though I didn't feel like I was in desperation mode because it wasn't like he was a bum, you know, he was a very handsome guy. Um, I know he could preach, so the, his whole love of the Lord thing, I was just like, okay. And, you know, over time he was like, you know, I'm, you know you're going to be a first lady now. And I was like, you know, I can't do that. I'm not like a normal uh, African-American or black first lady with the hat. And I'm just like, that is for the births. So I remember telling him, I was like, that's not going to be me because that is not who I am. My personality and, you know, my faith, I, I, I literally cannot be what you want me to be as a, a first lady. That's not going to work. I'm not sitting in the front row. I'm not going to have on a hat and I'm not going to have people trying to, to assist me as a friend. I think that's, I would say it's all garbage to me because I don't think that much focus should be taken for anybody in the church, but the pastor in a sense. So anyways, I remember talking to one of my friends about, um, you know, the whole first lady thing. And I was like, You know, I can't do that. I'm not going to be sitting on the front row. And and I just went over into this. And I was like, I I told him, I said, I just, you know, I can't do it. And he was like, well, you know, you could do it your own way. And I was like, my own way would be like a normal member of a church. I ain't sitting on the front row. You know, and I was, like I said, I was glad he loved God and he could preach really well. And I know his preaching was really sincere. You know, I believe that, that, you know, that was of God, but us living together, he didn't care about that. But I can't blame him for that, even though he was a preacher. I was still 52, I think I was 52 years old. I knew better. And literally, it's like things were okay for maybe a couple weeks or a month. And then, you know, we wake up next to each other. He wasn't speaking to me. And I was just like, man, like, and I would ask him, I'm like, why are you upset with me? Then he would just wouldn't say anything. He'd be gone. Now I'm in his house living. He'd be gone all day. He wouldn't come home at night sometimes. And I just remember thinking, I thought I was in a bad way with Kyle cheating on me, and I didn't want to be with him. I have jumped. What is it? Out of the uh, frying pan into the furnace. It was a horrible relationship. When we were good, we were good. But when it was bad, it was bad. He was never violent violent towards me, but he was very. Uh, verbally abusive, like he would yell at me and I'd just kind of be like, oh my God. So then I would be walking on eggshells because I'm thinking I've already had two, mar- two husbands, two marriages, two divorces. Even though I left those marriages, it was still to me like to find out that, you know, Kyle had cheated and, you know, he had cheated with his best friend's wife. I can tell you just a couple weeks ago, I literally was trying to get to the point where you know, uh, you know, I don't know who Kyle is with now, but it, it's like it made me happy that he will Kyle will always have that sitting on his shoulders that he slept with his best friend's wife. So I know at some point I have to be uh, I won't say forgiving, but I have to not be happy that that will be sitting on Kyle's uh, shoulders for the rest of his life that he literally um, ruined the relationship with his best friend and started uh, messing around with his best friend's wife. So at some point, I need to get to the point where I'm not happy that he you know, has that mark against him. And I th- used to think of it over these years as like, man, he probably can't go anywhere without kind of like over his shoulder thinking he's going to run into that guy. And I would even years ago think, man... I kind of wish I could be a fly on the wall. You know, we're all in Tampa. Tampa ain't that big. Like, what if they ran into each other? And I wonder what that guy would do to Kyle. And I know I want nobody, like I said, inboxing me or mailing me and emailing me or DMing me saying, oh, you know, that's not of the Lord that you would think like that. That is my human feelings. And I think I didn't feel bad about it until I really, really thought about it about two weeks ago. Like, Man, that is wrong of me to be, you know, all these years to be happy that, yes, I'm, you know, um, not with him anymore. But he's going to it's like he's going to always have that stain on his reputation. But that's wrong of me to feel that way, because what if that was me? And even though, you know, I'd be like, oh, no, I can't date somebody who was with a friend of mine. But I did do that, knowing that they were not an item because they'd have to be in—they had to be an item in secret—and they would only sleep together when he uh, got tired of his his uh, three different wives. So that is wrong on my part. And one day, I hope to come back to the podcast and say, you know what, y'all. I have actually asked God to forgive me for being happy that, um, you know, that Kyle is always going to be known for and blemished. His reputation is going to be blemished for sleeping with, you know, his best friend's wife. And, you know, I can tell you right now, I think I've made a lot of progress, progress, but in some ways, you know, my mind still goes back to those times. And sometimes I think about, I'm like, well, I wonder if me and, you know, um, Kyle maybe could have made it because I really did love him. And I can tell you, even at this age at 56, Lord willing, I'll be 57 in November. I've gotten over, over Kyle somewhat, but literally even beyond my first husband, husband, Kyle was the absolute love of my life in my whole life. And, I hated that it ended, and I left him out of, pr- out of pride because I am not going to be with somebody who's going to cheat on me. And I still—I don't think it could have worked out because I would have always held that against him. But, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, I know a lot of people who have gotten back with uh, an ex, and I, I literally, I, I think I would have been embarrassed to get back with him, but I did. I loved him so much. And to this day, I still miss who he was, uh, to me. So anyways, that is, it. it is amazing that 15, 18 minutes goes by so fast. So thank you all for tuning in today. And I am glad to be back yet again. And, um, I will see you all, um, on the next podcast. Thank you. My, new website is mikel worldwide.com k-a-m-a-m-i-k-e-l worldwide.com thank you so much and have an absolutely beautiful day